everyone. Thank you for joining me again for another episode. Um, this is Musa from Mofoball STL. And I have the pleasure to have one of the person that I've been waiting to talk to, but have been reading a lot of his article and seeing my city park once at a time. I'm Justin, um, you're a writer for STL Mag and also have your own podcast mm -hmm. slash website, Talking yeah. Soccer. Yes. So. Yeah, I do my like primarily writing through St. Louis Mag. We do like a weekly newsletter, um, and then for like daily stuff and broader soccer coverage, that's my talking soccer Substack and podcast sometimes. But trying to get a little better at that. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're all we're all learning we're and all working. working on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and so how's how's like with a newborn at home? Oh man, it's been. <laughs> quite an adjustment so yeah we just had our our first little our first little one and it's been a journey but enjoying it right it's like motherhood's so cool <laughs> yes until they start talking back right yes <laughs> you just enjoy it uh, you gotta enjoy the process enjoy it along the way like we've been uh, working like you know we've been waiting a long time to get to this point so it's like it's definitely a, almost a relief to like have the baby right here yeah. it is it's definitely fun yes yeah and 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 you make a lot more friends for for some reason, so it's always fun. Yeah. Uh, so so yes. Yeah, so um and so the first thing I was always wondering is um how did you come about soccer? Because um I was doing a little bit of um, yeah. investigation. We'll talk about and I saw that I love it now. And and I did see that you did um you were well um covered in runner and long distance runner. That's kind so, of how I got into the world, right? I was uh yeah, so I ran cross-country, track and field. I came up in that world, like, through college. And then got into coaching. Part of my coaching was to, I wanted to write to, like, get my ideas out there because as a, like, as a running coach, you kind of have to, like, put your stuff out there and, like, get into the weeds of things. But I was also a bit of, like, an Olympic historian because through running, you kind of, if you're really engrossed in it, you learn a lot about just the Olympic movement and, Olympic sports in general. So like through my writing about my coaching, I got to cover like some marathon coverage and I did some Olympic coverage. And then that's kind of how to segue into what I do now. Like I was working in the running world. I was working at a startup actually, and it kind of like completely burnt me out. And I wanted to get more into writing. I'd written some stuff for St. Louis Magazine back in the day, like for their marathon coverage. And I just kind of like snowballed into this thing where I was uh, luckily, Area Sports Net gave me like a place to write, and then Mike Miller, my editor at St. Louis Magazine, liked some of that work. So then they brought me on. So from there, it's just been diving in further into the world. But I've always been a soccer fan too, which was what makes it kind of an easy transition when you're in the sports world. There's this thing that you like, but you haven't necessarily covered it. But I've always been like into the fandom, right? Okay. So, yeah. So it looks like um. So you're doing a lot more of journalism now, but um, I did see that you went to class for biology. So how did that, you know, that that flip? Yeah. I mean, I just never used my degree because <laughs> what I wanted to do is I like originally I was pre med that kind of like I was like okay this is a lot of school and then I really loved biology like I what I had a concentration in chemistry too so I liked like the lab side of things but in order to kind of like move on to that next level like i didn't necessarily want to teach and i didn't necessarily want to be doing like in the lab work all day i would have had to like go back and get my master's and i just 
haven't done that. And I got more immersed into the running world. And that took me into more of like the marketing side of things. And I just, I don't know, life's taking some crazy turns. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, definitely. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask because I do, I guess myself and other friends and yeah. colleagues, you do see, you know, one path and then there's something that kind of makes them pivot to something yeah. else. This has nothing so to do with soccer, but I thought about this a lot too. And that like, a lot of me even going to college is because I like had this idea that I had to like live up to the expectations of like my family of graduating from college. And like, yes. I think I got into it from that perspective of, okay, what would look good to my family as opposed to like, what do I want to do? And then like, along the way you figure that out. That's what college is all about. But yes. yeah, that definitely like when I think back to like some of my cross country teammates or business majors, and I think back to like how not to say easy, but how much less work they had to do for their degree. I'm like, okay, I might've wasted a little bit of time, but hey, I learned well, a lot, you know, I, I sure know a lot wrote, of things. <laughs> I'm sure you wrote a lot of papers, yes, which kind of led you to journalism. Yeah. Right? And so, there's a lot of like scientific literature that you have to kind of mm -hmm. like disperse through. And I feel like that's kind of helped my discernment in terms of like when I'm looking at sources and things like that as well. So having, it's not a must, like not every reporter needs to have a scientific background, but like when yeah. you can read dull things like that, that just like fry your brain, like finding sources that actually make sense isn't that hard. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. nice. Um, so, um, so I guess more if that you grew up in soccer. So um, was there a team um, that you watched um, growing up? I mean, because like for me, it's always been kind of hard. Like I had to feel the experience to like really be a fan, so to speak. Like I I think I gravitated towards like Manchester United because when I was like first getting into watching soccer, of course, that was the Alex yeah, Ferguson years. That was like, I loved Wayne Rooney, like watching Wayne Rooney play. That was just like, that was my fandom pretty much. And of course, then you had the FIFA games too, when you're like that age and you're very immersed in everything. But I wouldn't necessarily say I was like a supporter. I just ended up like gravitating towards more of their games. Um, then like watching Bundesliga, watching Dortmund more than anything. And then I watched a lot of Sporting KC, like MLS, because that was the closest team that I could go yeah. and watch. And that kind of like having that experience, being able to see the team in person, like I think that meant a lot for my fandom. But in general, I just kind of liked soccer, you know. Just in general, nice. Yeah. Um. Any um. Other than I guess Wayne Rooney, was there anyone else that you know you absolutely had to watch or kind of you know made you want to watch? Yeah. Like in those early years, like um. <laughs> okay, this is gonna be a lot of uh -oh. Manchester United talk, so I'm I'm sorry, but like specifically, like the year that I really got in, like that I got bitten by the bug was when Robin Van Persie came to Manchester United, and you had the strike duo of him and Wayne Rooney, and then Rob Van Persie with a scorpion kick goal, uh, and just watching those Netherlands teams as well. I remember like those teams and that Bayern team that had uh, like Frank Ribery and. Aaron Robin and like that team was very exciting to, for me to watch you just because like every position on the field was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I think I, I'll probably um a lot of my American friends, you know, especially growing up, you know, Manchester United was you know the it thing. Yeah, and I think Newcastle. they're just like on TV a lot over here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had Newcastle and all those movies, and so yeah. it's, those two things were almost like the the one that were shown right. more. So that that makes total sense. Um, so, and I guess going back, I guess moving forward a little bit to 
um, San Luis soccer um, first. Um, so was there any local team that you followed or your college or? Um, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, like I, when I went to high school, like I went to St. Mary's for anyone, obviously anyone from St. Louis knows that like high school soccer in the city is big, right? So that was, I guess, my first like exposure to like supporter culture, if you want to call that, of like yeah. being in a high school uh, support. But yeah, I loved our, like, I always got into like my local teams that like just having that connection, I think to me has always been like the big thing. So I went, I li- actually lived in KC for a few years when my wife was in college. Like I, that's kind of when I got more into like the sporting Kansas city fandom. And then like coming back, I like, I think honestly, I watched the most like slew women's games out of anything like locally uh, until I, city I've, came. I've in, heard so. that quite a lot too. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's surprised. Um, yes. Um, so I guess, the other part, now that you brought Kansas City and more of the St. Louis culture, um, mm. so what would you say is just this whole sporting Kansas City and Wizards? Um, so was there any players that I guess you had your eyes on? I think like to me, or? because that was when I was coming through, you know, when I was really like graduating high school, going to college, like making these decisions for myself of who am I going <laughs> to be a fan of. Uh, that was also like the Graham Zuzi years and Graham Zuzi. I don't know, Mel, if you remember the U.S. teams from around that time, but like Graham Zuzzi was like, okay, this is our like right midfielder of the future kind of thing. Like he had a lot of technical skill. He just looked like he could be that player on the ball to like deliver the U.S. to something. Never happened. But like that was the player that I kind of gravitated to. Um, and then, of course, he just happened to play in the city that I was living in at the time. Um, I also really liked Breck Shea at that time as well. And that obviously uh rex is a goat so <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not too familiar with him but i do hear quite a few people like um, yeah it's like these guys that were perpetually like about to take that next step like kate cowles of today okay. in that way yeah. of yeah if that analogy makes sense to you uh, yes um I, he's all over the place now these days yes so, yes and, and like okay you're waiting on him to take that next step and like with kate he still has plenty of time but with you know, Breck and Zuzi that time eventually passed and they, well, Zuzi made it pretty far, but Breck Shea uh, didn't quite reach the heights that people had planned for him. Yeah. And I think Zuzi, I've watched him once or twice when I think when I lived in Kansas City. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's kind of like the standout player of those teams for sure. Awesome. So, I guess I'm moving in a little bit closer to San Louis. Let's do it. I guess what we like to talk about more these days. Um, so, um, first, first season, it was first of many things. Um, I myself was the first time I will probably say honestly that I watched the entire MLS season. Um, yeah, nice. Just because of just the San Louis. Um, and I lived in Kansas City for almost five years, and I think I probably watched one game of this, and it was when they were the Wizards. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, so you, as you covered um, St. Louis um, City, you know, a little closer than a lot of us, you know, what did it mean to you as a St. Louisan and being able to cover that, the first and cover pretty yeah. much all the first of everything? It's great, right? Because growing up, like, you get all these false hopes that a professional team is coming by. Like, I was around for the AC St. Louis days. I got too hyped up that a pro team was going to come here and like you're just waiting you're waiting you're waiting and like through all this time 
all we want is a professional soccer team so that we can show that St. Louis is this great soccer town that we can be one of the better teams in the league, but it just never showed up. And now finally you have this thing that's yours that did everything you wanted it to do in its first year. It showed that you know St. Louis is a great soccer town. It showed that fans are going to show out and it showed that there is a good backbone of talent in this city. And I think like that's the biggest thing for me for this inaugural season is not just like having the team here, seeing my like grandpa uh, ask me like how city are doing and like any insights I have is very cool because like that is a guy that I've never seen super excited about like anything outside of baseball and football before. So like kind of nice to be able to like see that tangible. Okay. I have a grandpa index if something interests him that I know, like there's a vast amount of people out there that are interested in this thing. And well, yeah. And you can definitely see it um, around town where I think almost everywhere you turn to now, it's CD stuff. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of, even some of the people that weren't really talk about soccer, um, yeah. now starting to talk a little bit more about it and try to pay attention yeah, the to other, it. Uh, the other St. Louis teams kind of helped them out too, and that the Blues and the Cardinals have not been incredibly exciting over the past couple of years. So like, City can come in, there's this hungry soccer audience, and then also just your general St. Louis sports fan that wants to go watch like an exciting game. City's going to give that to them. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, so what yeah. would you say is, um, I guess, one of the things that kind of surprised you from maybe the, the on the field or even Yeah, I mean, around? on the field, at the beginning of last season, so this time last year, I thought if they were lucky, they'd sneak into one of those like final playoff spots. I think on our podcast on Soccer Talk Lads, like I, that was our, I think our consensus was that, okay, this team is going to be on the playoff bubble and that's good. And we're happy with that. And then to have them come out in those first six games and then carry that momentum to finish first in the West, everything that happens after that, like, doesn't matter because what they did in their first season was so incredible. And so like defied expectations. So now we have coming into the second season, we have lofty expectations when last year, all we wanted was a team that was like competitive. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I was just hoping they made it to a, about 500. Yeah. So you can kind of, you know, celebrate a little bit more. Um, was there any players uh, or player, player or players that kind of impressed you um, throughout this season? Yeah. I mean, outside of the obvious ones, if I'm thinking of, if I look back at, you know, what I wrote about AZ Jackson last year, is that, okay, this is a, young talented player who has the tools but had never done anything outside of next pro and to have him step into the lineup like to have those first couple games in city two step up into the lineup and get that starting spot and kind of like not lose it over the course of the year and really step up to the point where he's getting called in for january camp national team call-ups that i think is the biggest rise like obviously sam and Denaran as well because there weren't a lot of expectations there but like AZ, that's the guy I always go to. If if there is one player that you look at on the city team that isn't Eddie Leuven or Chow Klaus, like AZ Jackson is kind of the, the spark plug. Yeah, and um and I think I watched a lot of those um C D two games and I was like mm. I was a little surprised that he was not actually in the first team. So um I guess he kind of showed the progression of the city in general, showing that yeah, you know, even if you're in the academy or C D two, you have a chance to move up to the first team you just have to to put the work in yeah and i think bradley carnell has kind of done a really good job in communicating that like 
these players have kind of bought into the idea that they can slide in between city two and city, you know, it's all just one big team and that's kind of how they think of it. So for guys like AZ and guys like Maggie Perez that like might need some of that sharpening down the two level are, you know, even if it's just for minutes because they've been getting like short call-ins at the end of games, that it's this thing that they can go down, that they can have that experience that they can, after feeling what it feels like to play against MLS guys, go down to, okay, now we're back at something that's a little bit lower level. I can take those lessons that I learned. I can gain my confidence a little bit. And then as AZ showed, as Sam Dunran showed with his skills in USL last year, like if you have that confidence and you have the skill set, then it's just carrying it forward. Yeah. And I think we've, we've been spoiled having, you know, even CD2. So you, you can go and watch hmm. a lot of those guys, you know, kind of play and then move up to the first team and back and forth. Um, so talking about CD2 um, itself, um, have you had a, much chance to look, you know, watch some of those games and kind of see the progress from that yeah. group of... Yeah, and I uh, I think I, I just love that so many Academy kids are getting a chance, like, at that level. I think if you look at the turnover from, okay, the first year it was largely getting ready for MLS, and then last year was kind of this almost in between year and that you're kind of turning over from some of the old guard into your younger talent that you want to kind of fill that two team with and potentially that pathway up into the pro team. And if you look at how city two did last year, they started out you know, not that great. You know, people kind of rolled into things and then you had players like Hayden Glover getting more familiar with the system. You had these guys kind of buy into what Bobby Murphy's preaching and then towards the end of the year, they're on fire. They're making the playoffs. And once again, it doesn't end well. But you look at that progression over the year, not just with like the players, but with that cohesiveness and that like kind of buy into what City 2 are doing. I think that was the most impressive part. Just like the total progression. You're kind of seeing what they laid out as like, we want to bring these guys up, give them a pathway forward and just watch them progress and just kind of roll with them over time. And I think eventually that's going to play off into regular MLS contributors that have like solely been homegrown. Yeah, I can definitely that I was, um, I think the biggest thing that kind of pressed me with the whole CD2 part was that um, we did see that some of them then went on to college. And mm. then you see, I guess, we, now we just saw Max going to the USL. And then we see a few of them start moving to USL. So it looks like, you know, making to that CD2 yeah. kind of extend your path to, you know. And, if, and it's good for CD2 because then they can go to guys that they want to bring in and say, these are the guys who moved on to MLS. These are the guys who moved on to, like, other USL spots. But, like, come in, we're going to get a chance to look at you for a year. Things might work. Things might not. But we guarantee that there are eyes on what we're doing. And I think that means a lot to players, like, to not be playing in obscurity. Yeah, and, and going to a D1 school, you know, that. Yeah, that never hurt. doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, still, so, yeah, and like NCAA is still very viable uh, for a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so, and I think just about the soccer in general. Um, so if someone were to ask you, you know, one of the one mm -hmm. or two things that, you know, correlate soccer and St. Louis, what would that be? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously... First thing everybody think uh, thinks of is that Olympic team with everyone that lived on the hill together. Like that is such a romantic tale in St. Louis sports. 
Um, and like just all the players that have come, not just on the men's side, but the women's side too, out of this area. I think that's, uh, there's a reason that there's a lot of pride in that because St. Louisans love seeing St. Louisans succeed. Yes. And there's a lot of that going around. So now you just have to like, hope that you see that on a city SC at some point. And that's like guys like Caden Glover, you look at that and you're like, okay, this is the next one up. You know, we've had our Josh Sargents, we've had our Becky Sauerbruns, but now we got a new generation coming in that, you know, is going to potentially put even more St. Louis players out there. Yeah, and we're showing the product um, as we speak. Um, so and so flipping to uh, more of, I guess, women's soccer, uh, I did see that you also cover um, the NWSL. Yeah, um, could you actually, tell that's kind of like where... Yeah, that's kind of where I got my start in terms of like covering soccer. Because okay. uh, while I was living in KC, I was writing about, you know, that was kind of at the same time that like when I started writing a couple of years back is when like the current were getting ready to move back from Utah. So I was writing about that because I found that really interesting. And then the NWSL in general, it's just such a like so many athletes in that league and to be able to like, cover. I don't know, I'm a homer. So I think that the NWSL like top to bottom is the strongest women's league in the world, but it's up there, right? It's top two, top three leagues in the world. And so you have all this talent close to home. And then also when you're covering the national team, all those players are, most of those players are right there in the NWSL. And there's a lot going for it. There's also been a lot that hasn't been good in that league that needed coverage that like needed more voices on it. Um, that kind of drew me in as well, just covering all of the fallout from the Sally Yates report and just, like all the changes that have happened in that league for the better of the past couple of years has been fun to follow as it just like has kept growing upward. Yeah. And I, and, and I think that's the one that uh, becomes a little bit more interesting and I have four girls, so they, they starting to get a little tired of mm. watching men's soccer because that's what <laughs> yeah. I watch. So it's definitely <laughs> one of those things that um, I starting to get a little bit more introduced more to. And I guess one of those fun facts is, you know, where they have their new uh, stadium um, in Kansas City, it's literally going over the bridge, and then I lived in Gladstone. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so, so it was literally right, right next to my old high yeah. school, too. So it was one of those <laughs> things like, oh, now, we, now we'll just go and visit some few friends. Oh, and by the way, there's a stadium, so how about we go watch a game? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's high quality, yes. right? And, you know, you know that when you're going to watch... And like some people don't like the way that the game is played in the NWSL because it is a lot more direct. It is a lot more like athletic based, but there are teams that play more of a possession style. And just like any league, you kind of things come and go in style. And uh, like as new coaches come in, new ideas come in, but there's like top talent in there. And you're going to see exciting young players too that, you know, if you're a young girl going to the game, you're going to see these players and be like, okay, I want to be like Trendy Robin when I grow up, you know? Oh, I don't, that's I, always kind of been my thought. I don't yeah. listen to much people when you know the the, the playing <laughs> style of it. You know, yeah. it always depends on the team and the coach and the yeah. players. So, um, you know, I, I think people just kind of like look for a reason to discount yeah. like the women's. League. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want to watch. You know, both teams wanted to do fifteen hundred passes before shooting. <laughs> yeah, it's this place for all of it. Yes. I like a good possession game, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> But not the both teams. Usually, you know, it's one when yeah. one does the counterattack, which um, definitely helps. Um, so, I, so knowing that you are covering the um, the current, was is there any other teams that you sort of have your eye on outside it? Um, Casey, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at like if you're looking at like the women's national team, if you're looking outside the NWSL, like looking at Chelsea, Mo, like I'm sure you're well familiar yes. with all the 
all of the U.S. talent around and there. And I'm heard uh, that we're the official coming. I'm in. heard that the U.S. is taking our coach. But yeah, so that's <laughs> you know another reason to maybe pay attention to see some of those tricks yes. that may be coming over. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good women's soccer out there. Um, like Champions League stuff is on YouTube for free on the zone is like easily accessible. So that's kind of like if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon, there's usually not men's games on at the time. They could throw on a women's Champions League game. It's usually very good soccer, especially if like Lyon or Bayern or PSG or uh, Paris FC are playing. And like if you watch those high level teams, like there's a lot of talent that you'll see at the World Cups there. And it's just, you know, it's good soccer, a lot of up and coming players and women's soccer is like in a very good spot right now there's a lot of just really good young talent that's going to take that sport yes somewhere you always the only team that i probably won't watch because for a lot of reasons but, <laughs> but yes yes it definitely helps um so i guess um and one question i i was always curious so um especially when it comes to professional soccer players in st louis um who in your eyes will be i guess your top three uh, men or women yeah i think like top two you gotta go becky sauerbrunn you gotta go altros and top three is tough because like that's my the, oh, we'll, we'll give you two that well we won't hurt no one's feelings on okay yes yeah i don't, I don't want to you know i don't want to be splitting hairs out here <laughs> um so i guess to make it a little bit more interesting so messi or ronaldo and why? I mean, I've always been a messy guy, Me- though. And I think that's because, like, those Barcelona teams were just so much fun to watch. And uh, not to take anything away from Miami, but those, like, peak 2010, 2011 Barcelona teams were just, like, messy at that point, at the height of his powers, was such a magician. And, yes, yeah, I don't know, it's always spoke to me. Because, like, Ronaldo, he's a goal scorer. And, like, obviously, he's, a, he's special. But when you watch what Messi does like I've honestly I wasn't into soccer I wasn't alive necessarily the prime Maradona times but like what Messi has done is like outside of like the Brazilian Ronaldo like what he did in his prime there's just never been anything like it okay um yes and I think that's one of those freaky <laughs> questions you know I've always said it it's kind of hard to pick between the two because you know one has a pretty much we'll call it a god-given yeah. talent which is Messi yeah. And Ronaldo is more of the the guy that outworked everybody to to be where he is. So it's kind of hard. Yeah, to I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a litmus test on like what kind of soccer you enjoy right. as well. Yeah, yeah. I I always say they're both. Even though Messi's a little higher up to it, yeah. But I say it's kind of hard to compare the two. It's you know one yeah i mean they're the the best in the generation for a reason yes. like, it wasn't like these were these this debate wasn't created out thin air right yeah. they're they're both just fantastic players awesome so yeah so um i guess historically is there any game between two teams that kind of always stuck in your head yes whatever when we say what was the the best game you've seen yeah i mean TV like or- if i think of if i think of like my first memories like the 2004 World Cup, where Zidane throws the headbutt. That was like my first real. Sorry, yeah. Matt, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was my first like real soccer memory. So that always plays in my head. Um, as I talked about earlier, the Robin Van Persie Scorpion kick goal, watching that one live. Um, recently, uh, handshake gate between 
uh, Chelsea and Spurs. Like that one's fresh in my mind just because of the absurdity of it all. <laughs> I, I loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that yeah, that one brings some memories that. Um, um, yeah, but to like really answer your question though, <laughs> uh, the Champions League final between Bayern and Dortmund that was a game that I just like was really anticipated, like really amped up to watch, and I think it like ended up yeah. obviously. Would have liked Dortmund to win, but I think the game itself and like everything leading up to that game, and because I was at the point where I was probably at like the peak of my like no responsibilities, I can watch as much soccer as I want. Life like that was, I think, the pinnacle for me. Awesome, awesome. So, um, so as we get closer to the end, so um, one funny question. So, if you had the chance to pick one superpower between running fast or flying, which one would that be? I think, well, like running fast speaks to me personally since I grew up in like the track world. So yeah, I'll I'll say running fast. And if you're the Flash, you have the power to run so fast that you can like turn back time and things too. So there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I think that was maybe too easy of a question for you then. <laughs> um, so what would you say it's your um your favorite meal? I always go like my grandma made a really good chicken parm, so that's kind of my like. It's home, sweet spot. So chicken par. Okay. Uh, in, in any form. Any form. Yeah. So <laughs> one last question. So where do you see City sit um, at the end of the season, if you were yeah. betting them? I was thinking about this today because I haven't done my full season preview, but like looking over the potential Giochini trans- transfer and just like we won't talk what about, they brought in with <laughs> the Totland yeah. and Dyer and uh, Chris Durkin. They've on paper are still better than they were last year. Like Jokini, it hurts to lose that much productivity. But if you were to lose one player that was a contributor last season, like Jokini or Deneran are probably the players that are somewhat interchangeable in that way. Like obviously they bring different things to the table, but in terms of production and being that secondary striker role, I think there will be a little bit of a regression because I think we just played so much like above and beyond what they even did on the pitch last year and there will be some regression some returning to the mean but also the roster's gotten better so if you look at their weak spots last season a lot of that being out wide you know that full back play that shouldn't be an issue this season and i think if they're a top three team in the west like that should be what they're shooting for with how last season went with pretend pretty much bringing back all of your like contributors back like they should be in that same position and they've gotten stronger and uh, hopefully healthier as as well. Yeah, hopefully healthier. And that's the thing is that when you look at that roster, I went into this a little bit, but losing Jokini, if anything, it hurts your depth. And with the Champions Cup, and they're kind of light on depth last year, like that's where they need to get better. Now, some of that might be academy kids coming in because we know that that pathway is something they want to exploit. Some of that might just be you know players that need to prove it, like in a Denneran last year, or Lucas Bartlett last year. So. There's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Excellent. Yeah. So, so talking Champions um, Cup, um, how, why, how, how are you feeling about um, how serious City will take it? Or uh... I think they'll, yeah, I think they'll take it seriously enough. Like, I mean, I thought they took like the Leeds Cup pretty seriously last year. Like, obviously, it didn't work out, and at that point, they were kind of like bogged yeah. down from the schedule, and they probably are better for losing in that tournament early, but I don't think this team is in the business of not taking something seriously. Like maybe that is in just not having the roster at its like completed point at that point. But 
Bradley Carnell isn't going to go into those competitions with a healthy roster and like not start the starting eleven. Yeah, so, I think the Leeds Cup it, was almost almost unfair. I guess we're almost you know Club America, mm-hmm. and then you have Nashville is like, and you you have the crew is like, oh, those are yeah. You had established teams. Club America <laughs> who won the uh, Leon Knox playoffs, and you had Columbus Crew who also won the MLS playoffs. So yeah, you're in. That was by far the hardest group out there. And yeah, because they're the first year team, they... And a $16 million were... striker is like, hmm, what, yeah, what do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> that was a really good team. Yes. Yeah, that, that Club America team is really good. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm just, it was definitely a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, oh, anytime, and, man. And I always like to, you know, to know a little bit more about the people that I, I interact um, a lot more um, and read you guys and see you at the stadium quite often. So it's good to know, you know, how you got it started and yeah, all the good no, things. It won't be quite as awkward next time we run into each other. So that'll be good. Well, you know, so the first time is like, is this really this person or, or it yeah. isn't? Oh, I'm just terrible at introducing myself and saying hi to people. So I, I, it's like that social awkwardness. But once I know someone, it's like, okay, now now I know what to do. I warn everyone. <laughs> I'm also that person. So I might look at you maybe four or five times. I'm like, yeah, is that him? So you understand. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. So, um, is there any um, new project that you have going on? Any publications that you would like to? Yeah. So, have? season two, I'm still writing for St. Louis Mag. We put out a newsletter every Wednesday at the start of the season. Right now, we're doing bi monthly, but after once season starts, we're doing every week. Um, and then for all my soccer stuff, you can, I have a Substack, Talking Soccer. Um, it's in, if you follow me on Twitter or threads or anywhere, it's always in my profile. So, uh, or look me up on Substack. But yeah, I do a lot of St. Louis City coverage for that's where I put my daily stuff, as well as my just soccer at large coverage as well. Awesome. So yes, so I um, definitely appreciate your time and hopefully Lily's still sleeping. Um, yeah, good. I think we're good. I haven't heard any. Yeah. So that was perfect. Uh, my wife has been, yeah, my wife's been taking care of her. So I'm going to go relieve her. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I won't stay in the way or get in trouble because you know perfect. I did. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, definitely appreciate your time, and I'm sure we'll see you around. Yeah, sounds good, Mel. Talk All to right. you later. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.